Hey, this is Daniel and Dane from the IMDb Journey podcast, and you are listening to the So, so Wizard, Wizard podcast. podcast. Broadcasting very fast and very dangerous from the planet Malastare, you are listening to So Wizard. You are thinking, you said people gonna die? The only podcast to make the Kessel Run in under twelve parsecs. There'll be no one to stop us this time. What's going on, everybody? It is time for episode number 220 So Wizard Podcast. I'm your host, Joey DiCarlo. My co-hosts are the queen of all nerds, Aubrey Litchfield. 220, kind of funny. <laughs> and the expert, Mr. Marquis Markellis Reagans. Trick or treat, bitches. What's going on? <laughs> You are listening to So Wizard Podcast. Three friends discuss the world of nerd podcasting weekly. This week, we're going to discuss some nerdy news. We've got a listener question, and then we're going to jump right into a review of the newest movie, the Halloween franchise, strangely titled Labor Day. (laughs) Groundhog's Day. Flag Day. Secretary Day. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. It's Halloween. Even though, much like we discussed last week on the podcast, the first movie is called Halloween. Right. And the reboot is called Halloween. Halloween. And the sequel to Halloween (laughs) is called Halloween. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to have to come up with another title for it. but Halloween. (laughs) Halloweenies. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's a different type of movie, actually, altogether. (laughs) Oh, boy. Great. So let's uh, find out how everybody's doing. Aubrey, what's going on in the world of Aubrey? Absolutely nothing. There's nothing exciting. Say it again. (laughs) Absolutely nothing. (laughs) There is nothing going on. All right. I completely understand. Just working and sleeping, right? Exactly. The holidays are coming up. Right, right. That's when you kiss your family goodbye and tell them you'll see them sometime in January. Yeah, if you're not dead by then. Well, you're already dead inside, so why not have the outside match? I feel dead inside already. Excellent. How about you, Mark Ellis? What is going on? Tell us, Mark Ellis. There's nothing really going on in my life. Uh, I was working on my project, which I was hoping to be done in time for being con. And it turns out I'm not going to be able to have it done in time. So I was a little disappointed this week that I, I couldn't pull it off. But I am going to finish it. Unfortunately, it just won't be done in time for BingCon. Um, but other than that, nothing much. You know, I, I'm watching movies, doing my thing, and uh, editing podcasts. <laughs> That's what I do. Excellent. And we love you for it. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Well, as for me, my friends, I uh, actually did something this past week, which is oh, surprising. What? I know, I know. I went, my daughter and I went to a concert that she really wanted to go see, which was for uh, something called Brockhampton. I was really excited to see the tale of Ash's friend from Pokemon moving to an exclusive rich suburb in upstate New York, but that's not what this was. Uh, that's that's a joke just for the Pokemon fans. I went right over my head. Right. <laughs> yeah, 
yeah this was uh it's like a rap boy band i guess um it's really not my thing but uh janine really liked it so that was fun and it was really easy to get to it was on the boston university campus at the hockey arena so we got right off the pike we parked we walked right to the arena we left we drove home <laughs> and uh janine had a good time so that's the best i can say about it that's cool that's cool dude so like i said when she gets into k-pop and you start bringing her to k-pop concerts that's going to be a whole different story aogg <laughs> I don't think I could afford to go to K-pop concerts <laughs> based on – I have a friend that goes – has seen BTS three times and the amount of money that's cost is, is – stu- mm-hmm. it makes New York Comic Con look like a trip to Dollar Tree. <laughs> I could believe it. So, good times. But you know, enough about us. Let's talk about us. Mark Ellis, why don't you tell the listeners out there where they can find more So Wizard Podcast. All right. So everybody can go to SoWizardPodcast.com where you will find new episodes every week. Uh, You'll also find some movie reviews from yours truly, uh, Netflix and Amazon streaming picks from our buddy Adam Wallyhawk. You'll also find some merchandise there so you can purchase some of our t-shirts. Look good while you're representing the show. Uh, Another great way to support our show is by doing your Amazon shopping through the link that we keep right on the website. Click on that A. Do your shopping, receive your products, and you'll be helping out our little show. Uh, you can also find our social media links there. We have uh, Facebook, we have Twitter, we have Instagram. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star review while you're there. Or you can also listen to us on the Stitcher Radio app for your tablet or smartphone. Find us on Podbean, on Google Play Music, and you can also stream us through Spotify. You can also support our show through our Patreon account, patreon.com backslash Podcast. Uh... And this week's K-pop jam is international star Dua Lipa teaming up with my girls Blackpink. Kiss and makeup. Back to you, Joey. Take it or leave it, losers. Did you say that was Night of the Lipas? No, her name is Dua Lipa. Oh. What Did the hell is the... Night of the Lipas? Have you guys never seen that movie? I'm Am I the only one? I've never even heard of it. You're the only one. It's a really bad 70s horror movie about giant rabbits attacking a town. And it's all filmed with practical effects achieved by taking actual rabbits yeah. and putting them in like a train set. <laughs> I've seen clips of that. I didn't know there was a name or that it was an actual movie. Yeah, I've been begging Colt 45 to do it for like two years, but they don't. <laughs> I can't imagine why. <laughs> Those poor men. All right, fantastic. Well, we're going to talk some news, and Mark, you're going to present it to us. So let's go. Yo, pump it up. It's time for the news. Yo, we getting ready to bring you the news, I always imagine you dress like Christian Bale from Newsies while that plays and you dance. Really? Does that happen or no? No, no, no. It's it's strictly hammer time. I got okay. the genie pants. I'm doing a typewriter across the floor. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this week in nerdy news, uh, there actually was not a lot of news this week. Uh, something that did happen, though, uh, earlier in the week is that we are getting a name change for an, a character that's been around for over 70 years. Uh, a lot of people know him as Nightwing. Some people know him as Robin, the Boy Wonder. 
Some people know him as Dick Grayson, but uh, starting now, he will no longer be Dick Grayson. He will be Rick Grayson. Uh, they've decided to change his name uh, because Dick means other things, and they figured it's about time. So, uh, yeah, starting now, uh, moving forward, uh, it's, it's a little bit too late for the Teen Titans TV show, but moving forward, when you pick up a Batman comic book and you look for Richard Grayson's name, his name will be Rick Grayson, not Dick Grayson. Uh, so what do you guys think about this name change after 70 plus years or 60 plus years? Uh, Joey. Fuck Batman. Uh, this is stupid. <laughs> like, no one cares. Does anybody care about that? Is it like, is the absolute worst of comic books? Is that it? everything going on in Nightwing right now is the worst of comic books because he just got shot in the head and like he can't remember things and like who he is and now he's changed his name to Rick. Mm-hmm. It's just terrible. It's awful. <laughs> Um, yeah, this is just god awful, and I expect it to be like, like completely ignored or forgotten within six months to a year. Oh, you think so? Yeah. All right, all right. We'll see. I'm just waiting for Clark Kent to change his name to to uh, Clarkson, Clarketh, <laughs> Kelly Clarkson. <laughs> all right, Aubrey. What about you? How do you feel about Dick Grayson becoming Rick Grayson? Not even Richard Grayson, just Rick Grayson. I think this is stupid. <laughs> so fucking stupid. Robin's still going to be the butt of people's jokes. Look mm. at Aquaman. That's true. It's very true. There may not, there may not be any escaping from that at all. Yeah. It's stupid. You know what uh, Robin says to Batman when he's like making a bunch of jokes about him and being a jerk? Fuck Batman. <laughs> That'll never be not funny. <laughs> all right. So, yeah, that's just a little bit of news. That, Like I said, this is a, it's a slow news week. Uh, I had to <laughs> dig really deep for that one. That is terrible news. <laughs> Not because it's it's of you. It's just like that's the stupidest fucking thing I ever heard. Imagine getting paid money to sit around an office and think of that idea. We are in the wrong business. I mean, it is there is something to be said about them. Well, actually, I, I take that back. Comic books change all the time. So, yeah, like you like you said, Joy, they'll probably forget about it in like a month or so. But there is something to be said about someone going, all right, now we're going to change this. Something has been established for like 70 something years. All I want is for them to bring back the red trunks. They bring back the red trunks, <laughs> then I'm good. They, they can do whatever they want. All right. So then in other news that happened this week, uh, comic book slash TV news. Uh, last week, we were talking about Iron Fist getting canceled off of Netflix. And then not too long right after that, right during the premiere of season three of Daredevil, Netflix announced that they are canceling Luke Cage also after two seasons. Uh, so there's a lot of theories of why they're doing this. I'm, I personally don't understand why. I think the, the ratings were really good from what I understand for season two, and they did leave it off on a cliffhanger. Um, so I am a little bit disappointed that we're not going to get a season three, especially because I've come to like those characters so much. But I think they're leaving the door open for other opportunities. Uh, what do you think of uh, Luke Cage being canceled after two seasons, Aubrey? I'm not really surprised. Really? Um, I think... I think they'll cancel Jessica Joan next and then cancel uh, Daredevil last. Seems like that's the way that they're going. So I guess I'm not really surprised. I don't think it took off the way that they thought it would. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, I don't know. It, it is very strange that they would cancel Luke Cage first before Jessica Jones. Because I, I, I don't think the critics were too hot on the last season of Jessica Jones. 
I don't know. I think Luke Cage um, hasn't been out as long as Jessica Jones. Well, they just they they've they've got Jessica Jones season three in the can, so oh, they can't right. cancel it until that airs. <laughs> until it airs, that makes yeah. sense. That makes sense. All right, so Joey, what about you? What do you think about Luke Cage being canceled? Um, I couldn't make it through season two, so like I understand. But it, there, I think there's a lot of behind the scenes machinations that have really nothing to do with the actual shows. Yeah, that's going on. Whether it's a Disney streaming service, um, Netflix announced today they're going to spend two billion dollars on new content. That's ridiculous. And it's really more about they don't own these shows, right? <laughs> so yes, they get to put Luke Cage on Netflix. But if you buy a Luke Cage t-shirt, Netflix doesn't get any money from that. Right. You buy a Stranger Things t-shirt, Netflix gets the money from that. (laughs) So it's really more about them controlling and owning their own content. So they're going to let these shows go. And allegedly that the Marvel Netflix stuff is really expensive to film. Oh, hell yeah. Even with the tax breaks they get for filming them in New York City. They're still super expensive to film. So allegedly, that's part of the reasoning is it just the cost sunk in for what is eventually going to turn into a commercial for someone else's streaming service. Right. Is just not worth it. (laughs) If they can just bang out one more Stranger Things size hit, none of that matters. None of those four shows matter anymore. But Punisher season two is already filmed. Daredevil season three is airing right now. And Jessica Jones season three is in the can waiting to be dated so at least we'll get that <laughs> yeah and i know that they had for iron fist for season two they had reduced the number of episodes that they usually do i know it's normally 13 but i think they cut it back to to about 10 if i remember correctly and even with that shortened short amount of episodes means a smaller budget they still gave that show the axe so these shows really need to i i would assume they really need to knock it out of the park like big time in order to stay on to stay on Netflix, but do you guys think that that with uh, Netflix losing these shows, that the Disney streaming app is going to like pick them up again, maybe remix them and do like a Heroes for Hire type of thing? Um, Joey, no. Uh, if anything, they'll go to Hulu. Really? They're all you can't. Disney Flix is going to be uh, PG thirteen and below right. rated. You can't have Luke Cage and Jessica Jones having crazy monkey sex. Um, you or, could on HBO. Well, yeah, you know what I mean? But you're not going to have that on a Disney streaming service. And that's part of the reason why it's they're never going to be 100% connected to the movies at all. Because you, you, they just don't fit in with what they're doing content-wise. So um, I guess Hulu is supposed to be where Disney is going to have more mature-rated things. So <laughs> You mean like, yeah. like uh, Runaways and Cloak and Dagger? Well, you know, that was before those were on there before all this kind of shook down. But, um, yeah, that's the idea. You know, more mature content like American Horror Story is not going to be on Disney flicks. It's going to be on Hulu, for example. So, you know, those these could move over there. I just I don't know how the contract works. Does that just mean, you know, Luke Cage season one and two are always going to be on Netflix? There's just no continuation. Or does it mean that they disappear from Netflix and appear on Hulu at some point? Like, I, I don't know. But I think, um, you know, the way we're looking at it is most of this is done at this point. You should just be happy with what you have at this point. <laughs> no, I what about you? What about you, Aubrey? Do you think there's any way that that uh, Iron Fist and Luke Cage can exist somewhere else other than Netflix? I, I don't know. 
I don't think so, but I guess we'll see. I, I think that they could just take the Netflix stuff and just, yes, it's it's a hard R right now. Just edit it. Just trim it down to a PG-13 and release it that way. And that way you can do season three and season uh, season three and season four of, of uh, Luke Cage, or you can do Heroes for Hire and those characters will exist. No, just once they, because they're leaving Netflix. So that means that Disney owns them now, right? The, like the rights go back to Disney. Well, Disney always owned them. It, it was just Netflix had distribution rights. Right. But Disney can do whatever they want to with like they could make a PG-13 version of Iron Fist season three if they wanted to. Yeah, once Netflix is like, we don't want this anymore. Now it's it's Disney's to do whatever the hell they want. Yep. So, so I I'm telling you, dude. I say they take take it all back, re-edit seize all of those seasons from a hard R down to like a PG-13, and just keep it going, keep it moving. Just put Colleen Wing on Agents of Shield. <laughs> we'll be done. That's all I need. There you go. All right. So, uh, yeah. And then speaking of uh, Netflix spending money on new stuff, it looks like Guillermo del Toro finally has a place for his Pinocchio movie that he's been dying to make for know, 15 years or so. India, <laughs> I'm going to announce this now, knowing that there's a really good chance that this will never see the light of day because it's Guillermo del Toro. Uh, his Pinocchio movie is going to be on Netflix, and it's going to be set up as a stop-motion animated musical. Hot off of the, the uh, Academy Award-winning Shape of Water, he's doing a stop-motion animated musical. Uh, I like Guillermo del Toro. I like when his movies come out eventually. Uh, I know he's been working on this for a while, so I am a little bit excited to see what happens. Uh, does a Pinocchio done by Guillermo del Toro in a stop motion vibe, something you might be interested in, Aubrey? No, I fucking hate Pinocchio. <laughs> even, Jonathan, even, even Jonathan Taylor Thomas is Pinocchio? Yes, I've always hated Pinocchio. Growing up... I was petrified of Pinocchio because he gets eaten by a whale. So my father thought the perfect thing to do would be to make me watch this movie over and over and over again. And he was like, look, it's your favorite movie. I was like, this fucking movie's petrifying. That movie in E.T., petrifying for me. And now I'm terrified of oceans and dark whales. water. Yeah, whales. <laughs> fucking petrified I'm going to get swallowed by a whale. Beacon and spells. Yeah, so, no, I don't want to see Pinocchio. Fuck Pinocchio. Fuck that movie. I don't want to see it. Wow. Cannot pay me enough to go see that fucking movie. (laughs) (laughs) Aubrey's going to beat up a bunch of guys in an alley and be like, fuck Pinocchio. Yes, I am. You cannot give me enough money to go see that fucking movie. Well, and they have PTSD over fucking Pinocchio. Well, you know what, Aubrey? Well, I'm afraid I've got some bad news. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be on Netflix, so uh, you don't have to go anywhere to watch it. Good, I ain't going to fucking watch it. <laughs> All right, so we, we might have to have a guest host on that, on that week's episode. Yep. <laughs> I'm telling you now. I ain't fucking watching it. <laughs> Jesus. Well, Ari, to just to, to be on the safe side, or just um, I don't, I wouldn't worry too much about it. Like I said, it is Guillermo del Toro, so there's a ninety nine point nine percent chance that this will never see the light of day. Joey, how do you feel about Guillermo del Toro, Pinocchio? <laughs> I like Guillermo del Toro. I'll watch pretty much anything he makes. I have not watched The Shape of Water because it looks boring. But other than that, uh, yeah, I, I generally like his projects even when they're bad 
mm-hmm. <laughs> even when they're bad, they at least look cool or have cool ideas behind them. Right. So, you know, I'm always down to check something in his out. But just like you said, I don't think this, this, this it, there's a possibility this never comes out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's hard to really get it. when he announces something, it's hard to get excited for it. Right. Right. But he does Still have... waiting for Tom Cruise is in the mountains of madness. <laughs> he does have um, he has some other shows, some other animated shows on Netflix. So at least he's somewhat established a track record with them. So there, and, there's a chance. I, I don't know. Is he's not directing either, right? Oh, no, no. He is. This is his movie. This is his. Oh, OK. This so is his say, follow up. It's just him like troll hunters on uh, on Netflix where he's just stamps his name like the Toro Toro presents. Mm-hmm. And then, like, he comes up with the idea, and a whole bunch of other people actually do it. Then it actually comes out, <laughs> right? But yeah, if he's involved, I, I don't know. Yeah, this is his big. This is his big follow up. It's like, all right, you've won the Academy Award for Best Picture of the Year. What are you going to do now? Uh, Netflix, Make Catwoman. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's Holly Berry. Sorry. So yeah. So um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. All right. So then, in other leg breaking news, uh, it looks like Wonder Woman. Is going to be moving. Uh, it's a, originally scheduled to come out November 1st of uh, 2019. Now it looks like it's been pushed up to June 5th of 2020, uh, which kind of makes sense. It's more of a comic book movie, so I think they, they might do better in the summertime as opposed to Thanksgiving time. So I don't think there's any trouble that's happening on the set. I think they're just trying to get it at a better date but i i don't know that's just me um joey how do you feel about wonder woman moving up a few months to uh from thanksgiving to summertime Kal-El, no. <laughs> um i don't really care <laughs> i didn't love the first movie in any way shape or form i know other people did <laughs> aubrey um and uh you know it is what it is uh, like you said there hasn't been any word of the uh movie having trouble or anything it just seems like they're just moved it out of a very busy time of year to a busier time of year i don't know i don't know what they're thinking but i'm sure that there's people like get paid way more money than i do mm-hmm. to uh that are that think this is a good idea so what did it say in the statement that was read super excited to announce that <laughs> Thanks to the changing landscape, we are able to put Wonder Woman back to its rightful home. June 5th, 2020. Be there or be square. <laughs> Kalel, no. <laughs> Thank you, Gal Gadot. That's right. That's right. Thanks, Gal. <laughs> Maybe they're still trying to figure out how uh, Chris Pine is in the movie. <laughs> They're just <laughs> filming scenes with him. They don't know how it works yet. Throwing ideas against the wall. Like, no, that's not working. That's not working. Uh, yeah. So hidden in that announcement about Wonder Woman uh, being moved is that they also took off the $6 billion man movie uh, that Marky Mark was supposed to star in that they've been working oh, on no. for years. So that is that hasn't been moved to another date. It's been kicked off of the slate. So that one's gone. So, uh, yeah, I don't think anyone cares. I don't, think, I don't think there's anyone from that time era that was psyched to see another $6 million, I'm sorry, $6 billion man movie. Um, Aubrey, do you even know what the $6 million man is? I've heard of it. Oh, okay. Perfect. Perfect. Joy, what about you? Of course I know what it is. <laughs> Are you disappointed that there's not going to be a movie? Um, well, I think there's a, probably a cool movie to be made somewhere, but now with Marky Mark in it. I think I have some bionic parts now. <laughs> 
guys, I think we found a transformer. Hopefully the Bigfoot shows up and explains to him the statutory rape laws of Texas. <laughs> oh, Christ. That joke was only for people Mark in my ages and older. I was just about to say, I know one's going to get that joke unless they're our age. Yeah. Holy shit. All right. Uh, so, yeah, so that's it for the news. That's all I got. All right, all right, all right. So now we've got a listener question. You guys ready for a listener question? Yes. All right, all right. So this question comes from Kat, K-A-T-T, which is, e- which is either uh, a very nice person that listens to our show or the evil car that fought Kit on Knight Rider. Um, <laughs> Again, that's another joke that I'm only sorry. certain people are going to get. I'm trying. And... <laughs> <laughs> Their question is, what is your favorite orchestral score from a movie that is not, not done by John Williams? Mark Ellis. That is a excellent, excellent question. Uh, I'm a huge John Williams fan. I love all of his scores. I would say it's a it's a toss up between two different ones. And I can't I couldn't figure out which one would, I would say was my favorite. Number one would be the Fight Club score by the Dust Brothers. I love that score so much. I love all everything about it. Uh, the second one would be uh, the Speed Racer score by Michael Giacchino. Because uh, it he somehow found a way to completely incorporate all of the Speed Racer themes and still make it sound like an epic movie. It's incredibly beautiful. Incredibly beautiful. So um, I can't pick the two because I, I, I listen to both of those constantly. Uh, so, again, I got to say those two. It's a toss-up. All right. Uh, what about you, Aubrey? Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was going to be your answer. Even though the guitar solo or slash guitar solo from Thunder by Imagine Dragons sounds just like Lord of the Rings. You're a big Imagine Dragons fan, right, Aubrey? I, I try not to listen to them. <laughs> you know, they play in, in some sort of ad on GameStop TV, and I don't even remember what song it is or what they even are singing. I just know it's them. Thankfully, we don't live in the Arrowverse, because if it started playing, we'd all have to start making out in slow motion. I was going to say, that's the only time I listen to Imagine Dragons. <laughs> when you make out people in slow motion. In slow motion, it's like, oh, hold on, hold on one second. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, all right, so I have two. One is uh, Pacific Rim. Really? I love that soundtrack. The main theme rules. Yeah. Oh, God. And uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. What? What? Really? You don't like that? The, the, the first one. Well, I'm not, we're not talking about the movie. I'm just right, talking right, about the score. Yeah, the score. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love the main title theme from wow. Pirates of the Caribbean. I never would have guessed that. Uh, okay. No, there's no, there's <laughs> nothing about those scores that like stand out at all. Like I know like the main theme of it, but there's I, I, I just assume you would be like, I don't know, The Avengers or... Uh, uh, no Marvel movie has a good score at all, except the Avengers. Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> that, that doesn't count. doesn't count. Oh, good. <laughs> Can't say Led Zeppelin songs from Thor. It doesn't count. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> well, Danny Elfman's Batman score, 89 Batman score. Eh, it's all right. Yeah. But it, the Prince <laughs> album's better. 
All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. All right. Well, thank you, Kat, for your question. And you can ask a question by sliding into our DMs on social media or emailing us, sowizardpodcast at yahoo.com. All right. And with all that out of the way, let's get on to our review of Halloween 2018. We all had a chance to go see it over the weekend. Everybody, let us know what you think. Uh, just non-spoiler to start, uh, Mark Ellis. Uh, non-spoiler, I did not like it. Ooh. All right. Anything non-spoiler you could say as to why you didn't like it? Uh, I thought it was dumb. <laughs> okay. Uh, Aubrey. Fucking hated this movie. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, Aubrey. <laughs> Any reason why you hated it? Almost fainted in this movie. Yes, tell us all about what happened to you at the movie theater. I feel horrible about I this. I got by the way. so anxious and scared that <laughs> I couldn't even walk. I was like, oh my God, I'm not in good shape. And I had to go get food afterwards to just try to bring a little sense back to my face. Mm-hmm. Like my face, all the color was gone. And I was trembling and i i was clutched onto josh and he was like seriously let's just leave and i was like no i'm gonna finish this <laughs> but i was so anxious my heart rate went up too high and it made me almost faint oh my god <laughs> i knew you didn't like horror movies but now i like feel like an awful person for being like yeah you're just gonna go see it whatever <laughs> i made it through i sh- i soldiered on there you go. Next up on the list, Pinocchio. <laughs> <laughs> I think that is like 27 years of, of anxiety right there. <laughs> Jesus. All right. I, I thought it was fine. You know, it's, it's all right. <laughs> I, I guess know. I'm the, the most uh, optimistic person out of all three of us. It was fine. I don't understand that at all. It was a horror movie. <laughs> what, did, what, were you, what were you expecting it to be? <laughs> I don't know. A good movie? Uh, how, how many Halloween sequels have you seen? That's a good question. Um, three. Because they maybe, get pretty maybe four. bad. <laughs> maybe four. They get pretty bad as it keeps going. So mm-hmm. <laughs> this is light years ahead of that. All right. So, so yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because that's one of the reasons why I didn't like it. But we'll get we'll get into it. All right. So let's jump into spoilers and then we'll hear all about Mark Ellis's reason and Aubrey's reasons for not liking this movie. And I'll try my best to defend it. <laughs> Spoiler alert. I had seen the future, and I had to prevent it. (laughs) Oh, that never gets old. All right, guys, what is your problem with this movie? Okay, first of all, it could happen in real life, and Mm -hmm. I don't like it. And I don't like blood, and I don't (laughs) like killing, and... It gives me a heart attack, and then and then the jump scares on top of the blood and the killing, and and all I could think of was, oh my god, my child's gonna die. How am I gonna protect my child from dying? So then I get going about that, and then I got thinking, oh my god, somebody's gonna stab Noah when we go trick or treating. And it's like, how am I gonna protect myself when somebody stabs Noah when we're trick or treating? I can't even shoot a gun because my wrists are so bad from fucking lupus. And so I'm like, better bring Josh so he could shoot somebody if they try to stab my child when when he's trick-or-treating. And poor Noah. So then I get thinking about Noah bleeding out, dying because somebody slit his throat. All right. No more horror movies for you. (laughs) Yeah, Aubrey's all set. No, (laughs) we're we're taking you off the books for horror movies. (laughs) (laughs) 
This is why I can't, I can't handle it. You know, it's like, how do I go to sleep? I'm going to wake up. There's going to be somebody standing next to me. They broke into my house. I don't have a safe room. Now you see why I almost fainted. <laughs> <laughs> so I can see Aubrey now is like building herself a panic room like Jamie Lee Curtis. She has like the, the steel curtains that come down and the basement button, the counter moves. Mm, exactly. This is what anxiety looks like, my friends. <laughs> Extreme anxiety. Non-medicated anxiety. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, Aubrey. It's okay. I'll live. I'll come, I'll come back. I'm just not, I'm never going to watch it again. Oh, right. I don't, yeah. I don't blame you. I'm never going to watch it again either, but for totally different reasons. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, why did you not like it, Mark? Because it was fucking dumb. All right. So <laughs> I, I do. I understand that there is there's a certain amount of you have to turn your brain off for horror movies. Like that's that's just a given. And I understand that. But if you're going to re quote unquote reboot or do a sequel to an original Halloween movie where you get rid of all of the other sequels, you would think that there's some kind of like, I don't know, some kind of like really good script. There's like a good story. You know, you have like a, a hot take on it. That's going to be, you know, intelligent or involving something that's going to bring you into the movie. Just having a killer go around killing people is not, and I, that's not a good movie. I'm sorry. I know it's a horror movie. I know what it's supposed to be. But this is the same conversation I had with people who love Batman v Superman. It's like, it's not a good movie. But I, oh, but it has people in capes and superpowers and stuff blowing up. So that's all you really need for a comic book movie. And I'm like, no, that is not what you, you need more than that. I feel the same way about horror movies. If you're, I understand you have to be, you have to turn your brain off for certain parts. But there's so many things in this movie that does not make sense at all. Like, why, if you're... So the podcasters are doing a a murder mystery thing where they're, you know, they're evolving the case of Laurie Strode. They make it to the uh, a mental in- institution where Michael Myers is. Michael Myers is in a yellow square. And the, the, the doctor tells him, all right, don't go past the yellow square. My dude goes right up to the yellow line, right? Right up to the yellow line, holds out the infamous Michael Myers mask behind him. And like, can you sense the, can you sense the mask, Michael? It's right here. Michael doesn't turn around. Why doesn't he just go to the other side of the (laughs) fucking yellow tape? It's a big fucking square with all of this space. Why does he stand behind him? It like that. All right. It's a small thing, but that's like, all right, fine. I'll, I'll buy into that. But then shit just starts happening in a movie. Michael Myers gets transported from the quote unquote good facility to the worst facility and the bus crashes all the prisoners escape but michael myers somehow finds a way to walk back to the exact gas station that the podcasters are in to get his mask back how did he know that they were there the mask was calling to him he what could he smell it like a bloodhound i don't know it was a like 40 year old mask i'm sure it didn't smell good <laughs> so this 60 year old dude just walked this entire way back to get his mask and kill all the people at the gas station. That really bothered you because I didn't. I didn't even think about that until you just mentioned. It bothered the <laughs> shit out of me. Like I can understand how he's like, "All right, I've been locked up for forty years. I'm gonna go get Lori. I'm gonna go kill her because that's what I do. That's what I did in the first one. That's what I'm gonna do in this one. But along the way, I'm gonna go and get my mask back. And in order to do that, I'm going to walk to the gas station. What do you want him to do? Call an Uber? Y- yeah. <laughs> or 
have somehow oh actually you know what now that I think about it maybe he didn't walk maybe he drove the truck after he killed the 10 year old kid oh, I'm sure sure that that really helped Aubrey out when that <laughs> yeah I fucking just lost it when everybody started dying I was like oh my god mm-hmm. that, that was kind of brutal but how did all right so he's Michael Myers is on a bus with like say eight other inmates there who are out like holding hands and chasing butterflies Cops were able to get all of those guys, but they couldn't get the fucking six foot three guy in a big white suit walking incredibly slow. Have you ever seen? Nope. Have you ever seen Michael Myers run anywhere? He doesn't have to run. That's the whole point. <laughs> Everybody's just so afraid that they trip over themselves, and then he can kill them. So he, oh, you guys. he doesn't run. Like so the majority he, of the movie is he, people running away from him, tripping over themselves, screaming. I. You know what else got me is when he killed that chick in the bathroom. And just like string, I thought he was gonna rape her. I was like, I'm gonna watch a rape scene. I'm gonna be done with this fucking movie. I can't <laughs> oh, watch Jesus. a rape scene. I can't do it. Somebody's gonna rape me in a bathroom. I can't do it. I'm not gonna be able to go into a public bathroom more so than I already can. <laughs> but thankfully, I didn't watch it. So, Aubrey, this is your first Halloween movie that you've seen, right? Yes. And, and last is I. Yeah. <laughs> I'm never watching another one. I don't. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. <laughs> So, Joey, you didn't have any problems with this movie at all? Um, In terms of problems, I mean, it wasn't great, but it was fine. I wish they had spent more time fleshing out um, what Jamie Lee Curtis had been doing for 40 years and, like, more about, like, her house and her fortifying it and stuff. But, you know, it was fine. I There's things I really liked in the movie. There were scenes and things I thought were great. I love that long shot of him um, walking into the people's houses and killing them all. <laughs> Which is uh, terrifying because there is literally no rhyme or reason to it. He just walked into someone's garage and then killed them. So, <laughs> Right. I thought he was going to kill that baby. And I was like, I was almost Aubrey like. I was like, I can't. I, I'm going to leave. <laughs> he kills a yeah. baby. I'm out of here. <laughs> when I heard the ba- that sent me. Oh, that was the point where I almost fainted. I couldn't even watch it because I was so upset. That I thought he was going to kill the baby. That was that was the the peak of my anxiety. Was the baby crying, and I was like, "Oh my god, I'm 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 done." <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of the uh, things I did like were things aping, you know, John Carpenter from the first movie. There was a lot of stuff where he just kind of appears in the background, or you know, you're concentrating on a character in the foreground. And in the background, it's blurry, but you can see something happening. Like, I really liked that kind of stuff. I thought that was cool. I loved when he killed that kid in the backyard. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really scary. All of a sudden, he's like right in front of him, and then the light goes out, and then it comes back on, and the light goes out, then it comes back on. I, I don't know. I really liked it. <laughs> so <laughs> I thought Michael, oh, sorry. I, Michael moves faster than the motion sensor, is what you're telling me. Yeah. And then <laughs> I really, my probably my, my two favorite shots in the whole movie was. When he kills that kid in the backyard, and he's hanging on the iron fence. Yeah. The her granddaughter goes over and she's screaming. And then all of a sudden he just comes out from the side like that was really scary. And I fucking loved when uh, he threw Jamie Lee Curtis over the balcony and then he looked back down and she was gone. Yeah. <laughs> like it was like like he had done in, in previous movies. Mm-hmm. So and he was like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I also loved when the daughter in the basement was like. Trying to pre- was pretend basically pretending like she couldn't shoot him, and then he comes down, <laughs> starts to come down the stairs, and shoots him right in the neck. It's like fuck off, mm. bitch. <laughs> um, I liked that. I liked that a lot. There were things I liked about it, but I mean, I didn't go in expecting anything more than a 
D grade slasher movie early. I got you. I got what I expected out of it. So no, there's just way too many things that just I just couldn't I could not turn my brain off hard enough to to really enjoy. Like him walking into the people's houses, right? Now I get it. That's what he did in in one of the other movies. He like just walks in, kills a lady, takes the butcher knife, and that's his knife for the rest of the movie. I get that. But then there's a part of me that's like, all right, it's Halloween night and there's like kids all over the place running around. Who leaves their door open on Halloween night? Who was not watching the front door? Who's not like at the front door waiting for kids to show up with candy? Well, these, this is like a small town in the middle of nowhere. So they don't really you know lock their doors and stuff. But they just showed kids like running around. Like what was that old lady doing other than making a sandwich? Just sitting in her, her pink bathrobe and her rollers in a kitchen. Yeah. Why was she now not? She's, at now the, she got killed with a hammer. <laughs> in a garage door that's open with just kids running around the street. And then there's other scenes where like the granddaughter and the other kid is walking down the street and there's no fucking kids anywhere. And I'm like, oh, it was well, later on I, at night. That's what I thought. It was after their party. That's what I thought. I'm like, oh, it's got to be later on. Kids are already in bed. And then like the next scene, they show a whole bunch of kids running up the street <laughs> again. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with this movie? So, yeah. And there's so much shit like that that happened. Why did he kill the granddaughter's best friend? Like, how did he? He just randomly. Why not? <laughs> he just. He, he just happened upon. Right. He's working his way back to Lori, but he knows that that girl is the best friend of Lori's granddaughter. So he no, hides he in the little kid. Exactly. He doesn't. So why is he hiding in that little kid's closet? Because it's scary. <laughs> I think it was because he had gone off after babysitters, right? They said in the movie that he killed babysitters. He was the babysitter killer? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was a babysitter. Mm-hmm. All right. I guess that, that kind of makes sense of why he was there. He just ha- He just lucked out that it happens to be uh, the granddaughter's best friend. Yeah. And the way I to, think it just was bad luck. The way to kill a babysitter is to sneak into the house, go up into the kid's closet, and just wait there. She looked really familiar, and I forgot to check who she was. So I understand the whole, like, all right, Jamie Lee Curtis is now, she's, or Lori has spent the past 40 years getting prepared for this moment. There's a part of me that kind of thinks that she was the one that, like, blew the tires out of the, the, the bus that sent all of the inmates free so that Michael Myers could work his way back to her. There's a part of me that kind of thinks that. But I, I get the fact that she's supposed to be the monster now. Or they're supposed to be like, you know, the, the rules are supposed to be reversed. He's coming to her and she's ready to kill him. And then when he gets to the house, like she spent all <laughs> she spent all of his time preparing for this moment. And when he gets to the house, he almost kills her right off the bat. Like he pushes his hands through the door and almost chokes her out. What I the, liked that. <laughs> what the fuck was she? She spent 40 years getting ready for this and she almost gets snuffed two seconds into the fight. She well, she wasn't ready for it. Even after all that time, she thought she was ready, and she was not ready. All right. So then there, right. there's the big battle that happens in the house, and you know what? The the thing about this movie is that I saw this before in Terminator Two, and it was done way better. Where Sarah Connor becomes the person that has to kill someone to save the future or change the future, and that was done way better. Jamie Lee Curtis becoming the quote unquote killer, you know, falling off the balcony and then disappearing and then coming back in the house. Yeah, that's good. It just I don't think it was executed well at all. It wasn't earned at all. And that's kind of what I said. I wish we had had more time to kind of 
explore that and build up that, but we didn't. So you get what you get. And there's that whole sl- subplot with her granddaughter and the boyfriend, which honestly, you can take all of those scenes out of the movie and it would not change one fucking thing. That's how they got her daughter in the police car because she didn't have her phone. She wasn't responding to her phone. So then she had to walk home. And that's how Michael got her friend and then ended up with her getting picked up by the cops, which gets her in the car with the doctor. Oh, the doctor. Now, see, that that whole subplot was just a reason for her to get rid of her phone. That's the only reason why the boyfriend was even in the movie. Yes. Which is fucking. So what? So do we need to see him at dinner? Do we need to see them have like their need to see him cheat on her? If the whole point of his story is to get rid of her phone. Yes. Yes. All right. That's fine. This movie fucking sucks. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. Was so, there anything you liked about it? Yeah, it was filmed nice. The guy who actually filmed the movie, like directing wise, did an, like there are some shots in here that are fucking beautiful. And I'm like, yes, I can see the person behind the camera actually has some talent. Whoever wrote this script, though, they need to fucking I mean, it made like seventy seven million dollars this weekend. So clearly I'm in the minority when it comes to how much I think this movie makes no sense at all. But visually, yeah, visually, it's cool. I don't understand how 60-year-old Michael Myers can smash a, a, a fucking uh, the back of a police car and kill the driver. Like, how strong is this guy? He's pure evil. He's the shape. Right. Now, okay, now, if this was part eight of Halloween, I could buy that. But this is part two. There's nothing in that other movie that shows that he would be a 70-year-old man who's able to crush people like that. Ah, you're think- <laughs> You're overthinking this way too much. I'm just saying, I just want some, yeah, maybe I am, but I I want some kind of, I don't know, if you're going to do that, at least make the story compelling or interesting. It was so basic. 70-year-old Michael Myers fighting uh, 60-year-old Jamie Lee Curtis is not going to be an interesting (laughs) movie. (laughs) All right, so what did you think of the doctor all of a sudden killing the the police sheriff who just... (laughs) driving down the street no one can find michael myers but this police sheriff is driving down the street and he goes oh there he is let me just run him over with my car how about call for backup or something like that dude or shoot him or something you have to run him over but he runs he runs over michael myers and then the doctor kills the police guy and takes michael myers mask and then with one arm puts michael myers in the back of the police car with the granddaughter yes all right i thought that was ridiculous i didn't know how long the movie was going to spend waiting for him to drag him into the car because he got shot earlier in the movie he got right. he, was, he only had one he only had one working arm and yet he was able to pick up six foot five michael myers and throw him in the back of a car with one arm i think the implication is supposed to be that the doctor set this all up to happen mm-hmm so that, that he can he's see the one that caused yeah he caused the bus thing and so he could observe <laughs> michael in his like environment like killing people and stuff right but he didn't plan yeah. on being trapped in a bus and getting shot by a 12 year old no <laughs> dumbass oh my god dude this movie is dumb i'm sorry jesus aubrey was there anything you liked about this movie no it ended. Was that good enough? Yes, that was good enough. <laughs> the entire time I was like um, Cleveland from Family Guy. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Can I handle it? feel really bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mark, after the credits, if you wait, you get you can hear him breathing. So. Oh, great. 
So that means oh, he, there'll, be, there'll be another one. Well, I knew there was going to be another one because they didn't show his body. Right. It's fucking stupid. And I, I liked this movie the first time I saw it when it was called H2O. Was Busta Rhymes in that one? Yes. That's what was missing from this movie. It was. It needed one small fraction of Busta Rhymes in there. Well, I, I liked it enough to forgive Halloween for Halloween 6. Oh, is that the one with, uh, with uh, Ant-Man? Yes, that one's not only is that movie horrendously bad, but I tried to go on a date to see it with my wife, who at the time was 16, and they wouldn't let us into the movie theater. So I didn't see it until it came out at home video. So for the longest time, I held a grudge against Halloween for ruining my date. (laughs) And then you watch the movie and you're like, I had to fucking wait for this classic movie. That's right. I dodged a bullet on that one. (laughs) Yeah, so... So (laughs) <laughs> I'm I'm glad that this I'm I'm I I'm glad it made money. Good for John Carpenter and good for the people involved. I think this movie fucking sucks, and uh, I will not go be going to see the second one or the next one. I should say I'll be uh, right in the theaters for Halloween two. Uh, Michael Myers Boogaloo <laughs> with Aubrey. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so why don't we wrap it up we'll go around and give a score out of five aubrey zero jesus fuck it zero <laughs> mark ellis one out of five wow one fuck okay. this movie wow i gave it a 2.75 out of five oh that's way too generous no it's not i thought it was it was all right for what it was yeah yeah, sure. For what it was. <laughs> again, this is like Batman. This is Batman v Superman all over again. Yeah, there's dead people flying around. There's capes. Uh, that's fine. I'm good. I'm good with it. I didn't say I liked it. <laughs> I just said it, it was what I expected it to be. It right. was a horror movie. Yeah, it, you're right. It, it is all. It's all my fault. I was expecting something a little bit. I don't know. I figure if they're going to reboot it, they're going to reboot it. It's like, like they're redoing the new Terminator movie, where they're getting rid of all of the other sequels that happened. I'm assuming that it, the reason why they were able to bring back Sarah Connor is because they have like a good script with a good story and it's going to make sense. Not like, eh, we're just going to have some robots show up and Sarah Connor is going to shoot them in credits. Well, I'm afraid I've got some bad news. <laughs> All right. Well, that's our, our review of Halloween's <laughs> to Halloween. <laughs> Michael Myers will be back in to hollow to ween. Halloween, Tokyo Drift. Halloween, you know, right? The next one is going to be Halloween 2, Part 3. Halloween Part 2, Chapter 8. Halloween 2, Number 15. (laughs) I I I can't even keep track of which one it is, but let's get some recommendations. Aubrey, you're not going to recommend Halloween, but what do you recommend for the listeners out there? Uh, Soul Calibur 6 just came out. I didn't buy it yet, but I'm really excited. So go buy Soul Calibur 6. Other than but that, the soul still burns. Yeah. <laughs> I cannot wait to actually buy it. I'm really excited. Um, but that's all I have for everybody this week. I added that to my Amazon wish list for my family. Because, uh, I was like, ah, and then I started seeing all the people's like, um, creative characters online like Chris Chan and Thanos and like all this stuff, ridiculous stuff. I'm like, this this game rules. So, all right, Mark Ellis, how about you? Uh, yeah, I want to recommend a Netflix series called uh, Hip Hop Evolution. Uh, the second season is out. The first season was all about the beginnings of hip hop. Uh, the second season is all about the early 90s. 
Uh, so you get a lot of uh, a lot of the uh, Houston bass music, a lot of the bass series, a uh, bass area, bass area music, and then a little bit more about uh, Tupac and Biggie. Uh, it's really cool. I only meant to watch one episode, and I wound up watching all four of them. Uh, it's really enveloping. And it's really cool. And if you like hip hop, it's a great, uh, great documentary series called uh, Hip Hop Evolution on Netflix. Awesome. Uh, I will recommend that all of you go to SoWizardPodcast.com, where you can find the podcast every week, links to all our social media accounts on the right-hand side of the page, movie reviews, and streaming picks from Adam and Mark Ellis, and so much more, SoWizardPodcast.com. Don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes slash Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or just about anywhere else you find podcasts under the sun. Check out our Patreon page, Patreon.com backslash SoWizardPodcast. Uh, you get an extra episode, at least one extra episode of the podcast every month when you join the $3 TKO crew tier on our Patreon. Coming up next month on Patreon exclusive will be our take on Marky Mark is The Happening from Mark Ellis's favorite director, M. Night Shyamalan. Uh, that's not true. I will not admit <laughs> to that at all. And we'll also have our exclusive review of Bohemian Rhapsody on Patreon only. So get on board. Patreon.com backslash so is your podcast. Uh, let me recommend some things here. Daredevil season three on Netflix. I'm only two episodes in, but it's freaking awesome so far. And the only thing you need to know about Defenders is literally like one thing. And they tell it to you in the recap within five seconds of the start of the episode. So you don't even have to have watched Defenders, which is good because it was terrible. And I will also recommend that you check out The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina on Netflix, which will be starting uh, very soon this week. Because that's what we'll be talking about next week on episode 221 of the podcast. But this has been episode 220 of the podcast, So Wizard Podcast, on behalf of my co-hosts, the queen of all nerds, Aubrey Litchfield. Sleep well, my friends, because you know I won't. (laughs) I feel I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) And the expert, Mr. Marquis Marcellus Reagan. The next time we see Aubrey, she's going to be all buffed and jacked up like Ronda Rossi, just ready to kill anyone. Uh, sorry, Aubrey. Uh, it's wa- okay. Wakanda forever. Send your uh, money to Patreon to pay for Aubrey's psychologist <laughs> bills. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Good journey.